Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, to touch up on what we just talked about in the last one of psychological horror, there's also psychological to- choice. And to describe that, it's kind of like the actions that you have in The Witcher where you have options that there's really no better one than the other. Right. Um, and that the option themselves allow players not just to figure out what their character would do, but in a lot of ways figure out what they would do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, those are those are fun. Um, again, if you're mixing it with the horror genre, make sure that the stuff you're choosing will not trigger your players in a negative way. Yes. So I try to stay away from like, I, I mean, I'm going to hate, I hate to say this, but I'm going to stay away from things like killing children or um, torture, or those sorts of things, even Mm -hmm. of NPCs. Um, But you could do something where you could have a horrific choice. And there's a lot of of monsters that have kind of an infection. Um, Like a vampire can make other vampires. A werewolf does have the ability to kind of create their own little stuff, because there's... You, you can fail some certain fort saves. Elephids are that way, too, where they can create other elephids and things like that. If they don't suck your brains out first. I mean, so you have these weird things where certain monsters will have the ability to create other monsters. Or um, you could also, like in The Witcher, you could create a mythology around things, um, whether it's in the DMG or the Monster Manual or not. So you could think about a, uh, you know, well, how are ghouls made? Right? Good question. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure the monster manual might cover it, but if you find a specific monster that doesn't cover how they're made, you could create a mythology around it. And so if a father were to, let's say a father were to kill their son because of what it doesn't really even matter. And then when they die, if certain things aren't done, think like old school Romania, like, you mm-hmm. know, Dracula stuff then that person has the ability to come back as this new type of undead monster. Yeah. There's not a lot of them, but they're really, really incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And so you can create a kind of a mythology around psychological choice where maybe you come into a thing and this there's a local folk's tale around this. Your wizard, your other people don't believe it. So do they stop the ritual? Do they let the ritual go on? But the ritual is pretty barbaric onto the dead body. Or maybe even onto a living body. What do they do with it? If they don't, if they stop it, then nothing really bad happens. But if they do stop, if they don't stop it, then the fear that the town had actually happened. Yeah. And now your players have to deal with it. Or another thing is, let's let's say that your players killed somebody that they shouldn't have or something like that. Oh, paying them back for killing the hook? You could have... That guy, because they didn't dispose of the body properly to prevent something from happening, he becomes an undead or a ghost or something like that that then haunts the players for their action. Yeah, that's a nice way to go, too. Um, I was just also thinking you could have certain choices that don't have anything to do with death, um, where, you know, again, Witcher 3, I think, is probably the best example of these choices, Mm -hmm. where, you know, so you... You know, woman's calls for help. There's three guys that are going after her. Do you help them? Do you help the girl? So let's say, you know, that's all you know. Well, they tell you that she's a witch. You're like, okay, whatever. Then you help the girl. And then you find out maybe in the next gaming session that somebody has killed these guys and their family. And then you kind of put two and two together and realize it might have been this woman. You go back and you find out that she's maybe actually a pretty powerful necromancer. 
And the reason why she wasn't killing those people is because she'd run out of spells and they'd caught her at the most opportune time. And you stepped in when she was actually vulnerable. And now to make it right, you have to go fight her when she's not so vulnerable mm-hmm. anymore. Like she's amassed an army at this point. There was one um, that I don't know if we'll ever turn into a gaming session on here. But one of the things I had for this was a concept around um, you guys go into a town. The town's a little shady. And you are kind of hired by one of the local townspeople that isn't really powerful in the town. Mm -hmm. Because her little girl was killed. And you're trying to investigate what's going on. And you find out that basically how the thing could play out is you find out that the mayor of the town, like the town sheriff and the the people in power there. So like one or two ruling families. um, The girl had seen something she wasn't supposed to see. So like killed her. Right. So think like Game of Thrones and Bran. Bran sees something he's not supposed to see. He gets tossed out a window and he's supposed to get killed, but he lives. But in this case, she gets thrown down the well and she dies. And you can have a little mythology in your in your area if you wanted where, you know, if you kill a ghost, it just dispels. And then it comes back after a couple of days. And I believe that's actually in the Monster Manual. I'd have to check. But you could have it there anyway. That if you don't settle the bones by burning the bones or burying the bones properly, some sort of ritual that you, mm-hmm. needs to be done to uh, basically settle the ghost. The ghost just keeps coming back. And so maybe your players don't know that. So they go, they kill the ghost of this little girl who's looking like a kind of a poltergeist. She doesn't look like a girl. She looks like kind of a poltergeist, you know, guy. They kill the ghost. They go on with life. They get the reward. No big deal. Well, what happens then is, you know, over time, this poltergeist gets more and more powerful. And maybe a month later, you know, the you as the game master just drop. Hey, remember that town you guys were in? You just heard a rumor that it's literally a ghost town now. And if they don't go investigate, then maybe the countryside starts getting destroyed because this ghost is now creating more ghosts and enslaving those ghosts. And maybe the ghost has made a deal with some sort of demon to get more power in order to, you know, basically seek revenge on all those who didn't help her. And now your players, because they just dispatched her but didn't settle her body, now they're a target. Mm-hmm. And she's coming, and now she's as powerful, if not like maybe a level or two above the players when they finally meet her again, because they didn't do the right thing. And so this is a psychological choice of, you know, in a lot of ways, I like to, I don't run a game of what's commonly happens to a lot of DMs where they're just running a bunch of game, a game with murder hobos, where by a meet, by that, if you haven't heard the term, your your gaming group is just running around with no home. And there's no consequences for just randomly and wantonly killing everything in their path. Oh, I killed that NPC because he looked at me funny. And then there's no repercussions for you murdering half the town. Right, or anybody at random. And so you, I like to place my, I would like to think about it in terms of, so what if that actually happened in today? Mm-hmm. Well... Today, there'd be police. There'd be somebody looking into it. Okay, well, I, I hear you're thinking, oh, well, Dwight, there's no police in D&D. Well, sure, but there are, actually. You have the town guards. You have guards. You have... And if it happens enough, you'll probably have bounties set on these guys, so you're going to have other local adventurers hunting them down right. for the reward. I mean, what if you um, if you started killing enough people? Well, who's to say that a certain... 
you know, good gods, paladins are not now set on you to hunt you down and kill you because you are and, conceived as evil. And what towns tend, and big towns might just not allow, they might be hunted in the town, so now they can't re- resupply, can't right. get better gear, so now you've, they've, because of their actions, not only are they hunted, they power just trap themselves because right. nobody can get supplies now. Right. So I, I try not to uh, allow my players to have wanton kill a fest without, you know, and the only strike against them being maybe like, oh, well, now you're an evil character and not a neutral character. That doesn't actually matter to most players I've ever played with. Unless you're actually playing the alignment like it should be, that won't matter. No, and even then it won't matter if you are if you don't lose anything for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a fighter and you move from lawful good to chaotic evil, nothing really has affected you. No. I mean, it's not like you're a cleric and you lost your ability to cast magic at that point. Mm-hmm. But, so what I like to do then is I have, you know, things where if you start like this... You were asked to do something. You killed a ghost. Figured now you've you've laid it to rest, but you haven't laid it to rest. You didn't do your job. There's consequences for that. Mm-hmm. Other people will pay them, and then eventually you'll pay them. And I like to do those loops. Or um, if you know something huge is like one of the players is mouthing off, or basically you know it's like, well, okay, fine. They're a tenth level fighter, and they're in a smaller village. Yeah, there is nobody with that kind of power here. But those people have relatives, those people have friends, those people have contacts in the larger countryside. And so what happens if your players get a reputation and as you walk into the largest town, the metropolis, that does have like an 18th level wizard living there. And the next thing you know, you are arrested, hauled in for for crimes and there's a trial. And, you know, it's like one of those things where you can, you know, actually get it, you know, your players to knock it off. I had one friend, he was playing like D&D version one, and the players were just going crazy. They had a high enough level wizard. And in D&D one, it was so unbalanced. We had a high enough wizard, you had a god. Yup. And so they were just bad-mouthing everybody. And finally, the DM just did a whole, I guess he was reading some old Greek mythologies. And so Greek mythology was really key on this, where you have this brazen guy who's making fun of an old guy. And so they were picking on this old guy in a bar for, like, no reason. Andy Zeus. And that's exactly what it was. Yep, they the old man threatened them. The fighter killed him. And then the next thing you know, the actual god Zeus showed up and basically destroyed and killed the entire party. And they had to start at level one again. And it was kind of this lesson of there's always something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece. I don't care if you are the top four biggest people on the planet. I can still have you assassinated. D&D, you still have other planes of existence that are nastier than yours. There's gods. There's always something bigger than the players. Right. Or something can creep in in the middle of the night or do something to you. Or, you know, what happens if everybody you know, decided to gang up on you. Can you yeah. really survive that? I mean, The Witcher 3, going back to The Witcher, has a great balance for that. A lot of The Witchers guys. died by a standard peasant with a pitchfork because if you get mobbed enough by level ones, eventually one of yeah. them's going to get through with a, with enough of a hit to kill you. Yeah, I mean, probably not in a and d game when you get, you know, damage reduction and everything else. But the point is, you could mm-hmm. easily, as the DM, create a scenario where that's a thing. So... Psychological choices, in to get back to that subject, 
are allowing your players to make good and bad decisions or giving them not really good decisions to make and every decision having some sort of consequence and sometimes giving your players really bad consequences regardless of what they choose. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in that ghost girl example, if they do find the bones of the ghost, they do discover it was the townsfolk, you know, the town's power that did it. What are they going to do? Are you going to kill? Because you can't really bring to justice this entire town because the people in charge are the ones that are now corrupt. Mm-hmm. So are you going to execute the entire town guard? Like, not the guard, but like the mayor, the the heads of the guilds. Are you going to execute like 16 of the most powerful people because of what they did to this child? And if you don't, then the child itself will execute them for you. And then in a couple of months, you find out that this thing is hunting you and it's killed so many people now. Mm-hmm. And it's made deals with things that nothing should make deals with. And it now has the power to really actually be a force of, of nature and take you on. Yeah. So there's a great example of a psychological choice. Nothing is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so if they do kill all the power, there's power vacuum. And that could have consequences in the next three months too. Yep. So anyway, I won't take too much time. We're kind of out of time here on it now, but hopefully that gives you an idea of how psychological choice can be of use to you. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.